Hey everybody, welcome to Comedy Film Nerds, episode 334. It's pretty exciting. We're going to be talking about War Dogs, Kubo and the Two Strings, and some cool trailers, Arrival and Ped Santa 2. Um, and we have another first-time guest today. Yeah, we're, we're clocking out a lot of first-timers. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, we're getting some newbies in the garage. Yeah. And it's exciting. They very everybody seems to like your black cauldron poster. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? <laughs> of course, Chris. They should all like it. And then there was a discussion about gargoyles that of we course, had. Of course, of course. Um, but we should uh, introduce our guest um, mm-hmm. because her podcast is uh, in LA Podfest this year. Yes, and um, she's also a black cauldron and gargoyle lover. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, here she is, Julia Prescott. Hi. Thanks Do you so go much. Prescott or Prescott? Prescott. Prescott. However, mm-hmm. I've heard Prescott, and it's always been like, whoa, you must be from Arizona. That's the conversation oh, I have. Yeah. <laughs> or they're just people that say Tuesday and Tuesday. Robit and It's mm-hmm. very quaint, but man, what a great story. <laughs> 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 My life. <laughs> Either that or I'll get Julia Gulia, which I have petered out since... The wedding singer is no longer relevant. Oh, that's good. Yeah, good, I know. Congratulations. Right? <laughs> that's good I'm, for once, I'm rooting for Adam Sandler's career. Descent <laughs> 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 into darkness. <laughs> oh, do you think that he's going to do a Christopher Nolan kind of thing where he like he'll still make grown-ups, but it's like Christopher Nolan's grown-ups or something? Do you think he'll like well, go be, back and it be? It's more of a warning. <laughs> so I think it would yeah. be more useful. Yeah, yeah, to do. I think so. So uh, gotta get some mileage out of that Netflix deal. Yeah, yeah, because Netflix <laughs> isn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, he's actually okay. he's he's his download numbers are insane. I know. I was gonna say. He's, I think if we crunch the numbers, it's actually he's quite doing well. crazy numbers at Netflix. Yeah, he crashed their servers on one of them. Well, not not to talk mm. about a previous episode, but you know, if we know anything from the Suicide Squad box office numbers, taste is not a factor in this matter. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. always wonder too, like, all right, well, everyone who wants to see it sees it immediately, and then no the, one else sees it. Yeah, right. the rewatchability mm-hmm. of it is zero. zero. Oh, yeah. In fact, I, I was reading like the articles for uh, these superhero movies have such high budgets and mm-hmm. such high marketing budgets that they actually count on to make their money back people seeing the movie in theaters multiple times. Oh, right. So um, a lot of times, if that doesn't happen, the movie is no chance of making its yeah. money back. Oh, yeah. But that's a weird thing to count on. <laughs> you know, people seeing your movie multiple times in the theater. What should be, just be a fluke. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like, that's like, that like okay, well, every once in a while a movie comes along that people see multiple times in the theater. Yeah, you yeah. know, if, uh, but it shouldn't be something you count on. We can't all be Titanic in the 90s. No. I mean, or, God knows we've tried. Uh, or Dark Knight or the first you right. know the you know the marvel movies have uh that kind of people go see them multiple times but it's not like dark knight i mean right. you know when we see movies like that or like a star wars you know you count on yeah. people seeing it multiple times but what you know is, put that in your budget really so it's kind of it's kind of presumptuous still made 262 million dollars that's crazy and it's not close to making its money back when you when you add up like what the budget was to make the film and then the crazy marketing budget that they uh-huh. put behind it it's still like behind it's, it's still gonna be a right jared down. leto's manic panic budget. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's interesting now overseas will it eventually make its money back who knows but it's not going to be like that tentpole blockbuster that right. they were hoping for no. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a pretty sour summer blockbuster season. yeah it has been yeah. i mean you had after civil, civil war, war it kind like, of well, fell what off happened? Mm-hmm. it really hasn't there hasn't been that other big giant mm-hmm. movie but you know you also wonder too how many big giant movies do you need per summer 
yeah. it's really, it's a question of like, do we need one every couple weeks? Some kind of crazy giant tentpole movie that stuff blows up in. Right. Like, it's like, you know, you have, you know, if you look at what came out this summer, you had Suicide Squad, Civil War, you had uh, Batman versus Superman and like Independence Day, like mm-hmm. all in the same summer. Oh that, my God. That's I like. I just remembered Independence yeah, Day came yeah, yeah. out. And that never oh, used yeah, to happen right. before. Like, yeah. you know, you would have Independence Day come out. That's the big summer movie. Right. You know, it was just then everyone would go to see that. But you don't, you know, now yeah. it's like we're getting deluged with uh, visual effects. I know. <laughs> every summer. And it's not the same kind of movie. I mean, it, it's a tired conversation, but um, every other movie seems to be a superhero movie at this point, And that um, there are no more mid-budget movies that are being made. Like, you know, if Miramax was a, just starting out right now, it would just fail completely yeah. because, you know, they're not making Pulp Fiction right now. They're Mm-mm. just making, you know, these like... There's $5 million dollar movies and there's $200 million Yeah, dollar that's movies. a shame. And there's no in-between. It's that we really need to bring those, I don't know how we would, but I don't know. I mean, they really need to reanalyze like... Um, the marketing and the budgets for those kind of movies because we're losing those mid-range movies that are so great. I mean, right. you could, honestly, you could have made a Suicide Squad movie for $40 million. Yeah. And it could have been kind of smaller and contained and more interesting. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like, no, it has to be $100 million in special effects. Or it's right. like, why Why would we make it if it doesn't have $100 million yeah, in special effects? Yeah, and there's a ton effects. of pressure to get mm-hmm. the marketing out so early. Right. And the marketing for that film, um, the comedian Dave Child wrote a very funny tweet about it where he said something like, um, man, they really shouldn't have, de- have adapted that um, Suicide Squad trailer into a movie. <laughs> 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 that was their first mistake. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I talked to a trailer editor, too, like the guys like that were trying to put those together. Like it was some crazy, insane, like four or five hour cut originally of the film. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, it got cut down and everything had to get reshot because everyone liked the tone of the new trailer with that was trying to be guardians of the galaxy uh-huh. and uh so then there was all these reshoots and people are saying it was so bad before this and this is the trailer editors so i i, I can neither confirm nor deny the actual cut at the end was better than where it was yeah that's that's even like i'm like really that's so it was even less coherent before there has been some um standouts as far as like more indie level movies this summer like um, Hunt for the Wilder People was mm-hmm. really great. Did you guys see I did that? Not see that. Oh, I didn't see that so one. Yep. And um, I don't know if this counts. I, I think it came out before the summer, but Green Room was fantastic. Oh, so yeah, I missed that one. There's a lot of stuff one. you can see at like the Arclight, but right. nothing well, yeah. blockbuster. I've heard those things. And again, like I talked about it last week, with Hell, and, Hell or High Water was a really cool mm-hmm. movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's getting great reviews. It was fantastic. So there's like those, mm-hmm. but again, those are only at, at sort of art houses. And they have no marketing budget. And a lot of times they're in that weird middle ground where you can't find them at theaters. They're yeah. not... Um, being marketed really that heavily and you can't find them on demand Mm -hmm. like those types of movies are perfect for like that dual release yeah it's in a couple theaters but if you can't find it it's on your cable right now you can get dual release for movies like that yes you should i think i think you're i think they're they're shooting themselves in the foot if they because if you don't have if the budget of your movie is 10 or 12 million dollars or something like that you need 30 million in marketing and if you don't have that then right then you should go VOD because that's because then you're going to get social media buzz and people are going to just going to just download it or watch it. You have to rely on social media and word of mouth. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's the wild west out there, and I think that studios are just now. I mean, how many years into social media Mm -hmm. being a very useful marketing tool? They're just now opening their minds to it. Yeah, and I think that VOD as just like 
a standard, like, we're just going to do this. If this is the budget for this movie, then it's officially an indie movie. We're just going to do VOD. It's a smart way to go, yeah. always. Yeah. Well, let's talk about um, your podcast that'll be in the Los yeah. Angeles Podcast Festival. Everything's coming up. Podcast. Everything's coming up. Podcast. <laughs> uh, tell us what it is, mm-hmm. who's in it, how long you've been doing it. So it's a podcast that I co-host with my friend Allie Gertz, um, who's a very talented uh, comedian and musician. And um, we interview people about their favorite episode of The Simpsons. And we've been doing it for about a year and a half. And we've had a mix of you know comedians like Jonah Ray, um, Matt Myra, uh, Ben Schwartz. But then also um, we'll have people that have written on The Simpsons come oh, on wow, and talk cool. about their experience, which has been the coolest. Um, we had Tim Long, Mike Scully, Josh Weinstein came on twice. Uh, first, he came on to talk about, um, gosh, I can't remember. It was a, a Selma episode. But then the second time, he really wanted to talk about the Poochie episode. So he came back <laughs> and we were like, sure, Josh, whatever. Um, and he's the best dude ever. He's just so eager to like mm-hmm. tell behind-the-scenes stories. And you can just tell that he's still a nerd for right. The Simpsons. And it's really refreshing. And, um, yeah, we've had a ton of people on. Uh, Matt Selman and Dana Gould. And, um, yeah, we're excited to be a part of LA PodFest. And our plans are to, you know, pack the house with uh, some of our best guests and talk about, you know, different episodes or maybe we'll play some clips. We're still, like, fine-tuning what the program's going to be. But, um, you know, if you're a fan of The Simpsons and you uh, just want to hear people make a ton of references to it over the course of an hour, (laughs) that's the podcast for you. If you want to hear some of your um, favorite comedians or up-and-coming creative people talk about their favorite episode and how it inspired them to do what they do um we have that as well and of course if you want to hear some behind the scenes you know what happened in the writer's room in 1990 <laughs> what conan is really like and you know uh, whoa what yeah what is, what's conan, what, really, what is like? conan mm-hmm. really like um pretty much exactly how you imagine <laughs> <laughs> from what i hear he's pretty straightforward and how he's always been but uh what's been really eye-opening for us to discover is that i think that there's some weird like fan belief uh, for The Simpsons that given that James L. Brooks um, was so involved in the development of the show and Sam Simon um, in developing the tone and the style and the comedy of it, that I think a lot of people diminish uh, Matt Groening's uh, involvement with it past just the basic inception of the idea. Mm-hmm. But we've learned he's had he had the idea for um, Who Shot Mr. Burns, basically. He like wow. we learned that he, you know, called Josh and Bill into his office and was like, I want to do a Simpsons episode that's a playoff of Who Shot JR. And do you think you can do that? And, you know, they both were like, yes, of course. And then they turned back into their offices and were like, we don't know what the hell. <laughs> <you're doing." laughs> um, yeah, that's been really eye-opening and hearing, just hearing people that um, I've personally admired uh, for being like just titans in TV writing, like Mike Scully talking to us about how when he first uh, started writing on The Simpsons, he felt completely inept and he had like that total phony syndrome that so many of us have um, when we get our like first big break or just when we work professionally in like a creative uh, area at all but he said that for the first month he kept calling his wife and being like don't buy anything I'm going I'm getting fired like I just, <laughs> I'm gonna get fired uh, 
it, it, this was fun while it lasted. Let's just take the free waters. And, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, let's just, uh, I'm going to order fancy lunches until then. Um, I'm going to get fired. And then, of course, you know, he went on to become the showrunner and uh, and has has had a lot of success past The Simpsons. Uh, I think he's going to do good things, that Mike Scully. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, it's been really great just to hear these people that, you know, I think anybody would agree are like the top comedy writers talk yeah. about their real experience. I've, I was, I actually just had a lunch with a, a, a show I'm working on with a buddy of mine and he brought in a friend of his who has been a pretty big showrunner on some giant, giant sitcoms. And he said the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, for the, for 15, 20 years, I was just uh, always about thought this was my last day. Like always, you're always going to think you're going to get fired. And this guy, he was like co-EP on giant shows, right? Mm-hmm. like mega hit shows. And just still that like, yeah i don't know either i don't know because there is that whole thing of like as a creative person you're never truly satisfied Mm -hmm. so you're constantly pushing and i think that that kind of hunger is is good on some level on on for Mm -hmm. the most part it's good um but i think that generally we're way too hard on ourselves yeah and that you know yes we could get fired but that's not a death sentence you know People get fired every day as writers. You just move on to the next thing because you know what—that's not even a saying. That's literally what people happens. get fired every day as absolutely. writers. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and that's the other thing too. I think I think sometimes we forget as creatives is that we're always just going from job to job. Yeah. So even if you, you know, work on the thing for twelve weeks or whatever, then you're still out of work in, in week thirteen. Feast or famine. So. You know, you you could even yeah. be doing really well on the show. Everyone loves you, and then oh no, it got canceled. Right. There's so that's the other thing too. You, know, you didn't do anything wrong. Yes. It's just you know, now you're out of a job anyway. Or listen, we just really don't have the budget to pay you. And right. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't want to like pay you less than everyone else. So uh, maybe go home, Julia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm gonna take this water. <laughs> I'm gonna order lunch before I leave. <laughs> well, awesome. Yeah. That's um. So, guys, uh, LA Podfest. Everything's coming up. Podcast is on uh, Sunday at noon. With uh, Julia's coupon code. Everything. Everything. So if easy you, to remember. It's it's uh, if you uh, day passes are still available. The Saturday day passes are going quick. Um, the weekend passes are still available, but those are going quick. Um, we've already sold out two other tiers. And if you can't make it to Los Angeles, then you can watch all 40 shows. And yes. if you use coupon code EVERYTHING, then you save $5 and that show gets paid. You'll get to see everything but the stand-up show. And then people are being booked for the stand-up show yep. as we speak. We're locking in uh, acts for the stand-up show. So yep. uh, check it out, LAPodfest.com. I'm so excited for it. I was actually just listening to one of the other podcasts that's on the lineup. My favorite murder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, We're we're pumped to have that. Yeah, Yeah, I was emailing with Georgia and was like, what are you on? And so I'm going to. I'm just going to book out the whole weekend and bounce around a different podcast. That I uh, that's the thing. That's what we, you know, when we first started this festival, that's what Stop by want. the lab, be a guest on all the other podcasts, too. Yes, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Because so that's what a lot of us do. We're there the whole weekend. We, we just, we make the rounds. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's what I was emailing Georgia about. I was like, can I tell my hometown murder story? Like, yes. <laughs> you don't even, have, yes. <laughs> that's what we, I want, I, and, you know, for people coming in to visit, especially in out of town, we love that there's like, 
comics and podcasters and people mm-hmm. hanging out all weekend. Yeah. yeah. That's the whole vibe. The guys right? from Night Vale and, uh, are going to be there the whole weekend mm-hmm. hanging mm-hmm. out. And um, Rooster Teeth, uh, and I don't know if all the guys will be there, but a couple of them will be for sure the entire time. Yeah, we're there all weekend. Yeah, yeah. we'll be there all weekend. We, ha- we love, can't leave. Yes. Yeah. I love festivals. They just always feel like, I mean, even though this is in, in the town that I live, but especially when it's like in another town, it always feels like a school trip mm-hmm. when you're like in high school and it's like, mom and dad aren't here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's go wild. It does have that feel. It does. Well, there's a lot of people like we're partying up in my hotel room. Like Come on yeah, here, exactly. and it's just yep. like three people hanging out on yeah. a bed with like a diet yeah. soda, <laughs> two liter bottle of diet. Hey, seven that's up. a good diet soda. <laughs> <laughs> it's a quality soda. It is. It is. I like it. Crisp and clean. No mm, I know. No caffeine. <laughs> no, I like it. Remember those. <laughs> We just dated ourselves. Yeah. And did a free ad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I was marketing. Um, I'm sorry. I was the one. I sparked that. But you know what? <laughs> I was speaking from the heart. I stand by it. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's let our guests go first, and we'll talk about uh, War Dogs. Oh, great. So, uh, so, so what did you think of War Dogs? <laughs> <laughs> not, to, not to, you know, lift the curtain too much, but this uh, m- my appearance on this podcast was rescheduled a couple times, so I actually, at each time, was staring down the barrel of another summer blockbuster that I was yeah. underwhelmed to see. So I had seen so, Star Trek. Yeah, you can say I, Suicide Squad, it's and then, okay. Yeah, I almost saw Suicide Squad. Phew, missed that. But then when it came down to uh, this weekend... Uh, War Dogs was the the best. Yeah, I know. Is that the word we're using <laughs> <laughs> for for this? Um, and uh, the poster intentionally looks like Scarface. Indeed. Um, so strike one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, strike two is that uh, I'm I'm just learning this now. Originally titled Arms and the Dudes. What's that about? <laughs> uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Shia LePew were considered Shia to uh, star in the film. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Wow. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so, okay, so that aside, I will say that uh, this film is perfectly serviceable. Um, it did the job it intended to do. Uh, it is about two bros that are inept and go... Uh, out to the Middle East um, to, you know, get a lot of money selling uh, guns to the military, and they are, you know, purposely uh, fooling other people into thinking that they're a bigger entity than they are, blah, 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 and then Bradley Cooper shows up. (laughs) 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 Now... This is like, you know, it always has that tag, like, based on a true story. As you're watching this movie, were you thinking in a bunch of times, that never happened? Oh, I, I mean, yeah, it, it was very formulaic. It just followed mm. all the beats of, so, you know, here are these two guys, and, you know, they're doing something that is, on its face, you know, pretty despicable. They're, right, um, right. You know, Jonah Hill, of course, plays the sleazier one who gets... Um, Miles Teller into the game of, you know, selling guns to the military and pretending like they're these big shots when they're just a couple of 20-something kids. Which, by the way, 
the fact that they're supposed to be in their 20s, come on, please. <laughs> come on, please, with Jonah Hill in this role. Come on, please. I mean, even though he has the spirit of somebody who is eternally 21, I wasn't buying it for a second. Right, yeah. Um, so that was that was the thing that took me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Not any of the other bits of plot. <laughs> I was just like, you, you please. And, and also, he, like, he, his face looked very leathery, which, you know, it takes place in Miami. He, they show him at, like, a tanning salon a couple times. All right, very funny. But, yeah, he just looked way too old for what it was supposed to be. Um, and, uh, oh, one thing that I wanted to talk about. So um, we're supposed to be rooting for Miles Teller's character. Like, even though he's still, like, you know, guilty of doing these, you know, illegal things, he has this moral compass because he's got, like, you know, a girlfriend back at home and a young kid. And oh, well, so that makes it all okay. Kid. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah War yeah. profiteering so, is fine then. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like he, if you he, do it for the right reasons, He Graham. was pushed up against a wall. <laughs> it's like, what is he going to do? So they paint it where, and I don't know if this is a part of the true story, but he's working as a masseuse in um, Miami Beach. And, um, you know, uh, there's one scene where an older male client accidentally drops his towel. Oops. And so we get a sense of this happening all the time for this character. So we're like, oh, God, anything but that. (laughs) (laughs) We're profiteering, please. And, uh, And so, you know, and he's giving us the narration. So we're supposed to be rooting for him. And I guess... We are like, you know, he doesn't seem like somebody who is, um, you know, like really drinking the Kool-Aid apart from buying a Porsche and getting a loft in like a very fancy building. Um, You know, he seems like he's a good father, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I will say that the woman they cast as his girlfriend is way too hot. Um, not believable <laughs> for a second. Um, she's also vaguely European. They don't really talk about. She's got an accent. They don't really mention. <laughs> Her name is Isabella, so you can kind of connect the dots, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's one scene early on that I could not stand, um, and it just felt like a real, like, Blake Snyder, beat sheet, screenwriting 101, where um, it's after Miles Teller um, reunites with Jonah Hill at a funeral, and Jonah Hill is his childhood friend, and so they're seeing each other for the first time, and, um, you know, I guess they they were best friends the last time they saw each other was in 10th grade, and his parents, Miles Teller's parents, warned him to not hang out with him anymore because he was a bad kid. So this is the first time they're seeing each other. So they were right. They were right. Yes. Listen to your parents, kids. And so this first time that they're seeing each other and um, he, you know, brings him in basically to like what he's been doing and kind of sparks the idea. And Miles Teller goes home after um, the funeral. They, he and Jonah Hill had just smoked a ton of weed together and he goes home and there's a scene between Miles Teller and his girlfriend where she goes, how was the funeral? And he goes, oh, it was great. And she goes, you're high right now, aren't you? And he was like, what? No, I'm not. And then she, in like her own kind of like busted, accented way, tries. To, I can see it reading on the page of like, and now she's trying to be playful so we can believe that their relationship is real. She goes, yeah, you know, I've actually got some ice cream in the fridge and some nachos and some burgers. And he goes, what? And she goes, I'm just kidding. And that's the scene. To show that, like, they have a relationship that's playful and that she's playful, it made no sense. 
Which is stoner food stereotype. Stoner food stereotype. Wow. Studio note. Studio note. Exactly. (laughs) Like, like, what do we know about this relationship? Yeah. You got to make it feel real. Yeah. That she like, (laughs) she's not just some nagging girlfriend at home that she like plays with him too. And you got to add nachos to it. Yeah. <laughs> Literally the next and it, yeah, it just fell so flat. It wasn't oh. funny at all. I, it just felt like a studio note. And literally the next scene she goes, "I'm pregnant." So that's ah. all we know about this character. Wow. Yeah. I um I'm so glad I didn't see this. <laughs> <laughs> I debated on what I was going to see. I was like, "Do I see War Dogs or do I see uh, Kubo and the Two Strings?" I think you chose correctly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. cuz we were talking about this too. Um, last week is, you know, Todd Phillips has Old School and Hangover 1. Yes. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other movies that aren't good. Hangover 2, 3, Due Date, like this is not, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not like, oh, the new Todd Phillips movie is out. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. And uh, I will say that, I mean, he he seems to be trying with this with this one. It is very telling, though, that he's just like, Calling Bradley Cooper on speed dial and being like, right. "Bro, come on, come on <laughs> help on. me out, you know? help me out." Yeah, I'll let you wear a wig and glasses. Yes. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. I know. And the glasses were very distracting. They were like, yeah. I don't know if he actually wears prescription glasses, but they were really going for that extra detail, so it magnified his eyes in a way that was very unsettling. And he also had like pink eye in one eye the entire time. Maybe not full on pink eye, but there was a redness that I was like, "Is that a character choice?" And you're trying to like be creative. Which I wouldn't put past Bradley Cooper because if we've seen the behind the scenes of Wet Hot American Summer where he's like acting, like he's he's geeking out as an actor so hard just to be on set because it was his first job, then I know that he would have done that character choice. <laughs> have you seen that clip? <laughs> no. Oh my God, it's so funny. So there's um, that documentary on Netflix uh, right around the time when the Wet Hot American Summer series came out on Netflix. They were like, here's a documentary about um, the making of the first Wet Hot American Summer. And, you know, it's just like footage from a camcorder and something that they would have put on a DVD extra. And there's one clip where they're like talking to Bradley Cooper and they're like, so like, what's your name? Like, how are you involved? And he is just like... I mean, everyone here is brilliant. And it, as an actor, I'm just like so honored to be here. And he's just like geeking out so oh, hard. He's like, great. he's like, I met the director and they just like seem like they have a really great like sensibility and voice. And yeah, he's just, <laughs> and, and then you pair that with, I don't know if you've also seen the clip where he's uh, in the audience for Inside the Actor's Studio. And he's like similarly like, I have a question for you, uh, Mr. Penn. <laughs> uh, I just want to say I'm an actor and I, yeah. Anyway, he's, He's great, um, making some choices in this movie. Um, but yeah, I would say that like this movie, it's it's not offensively bad and it's not um, fantastically good. It's right. like pretty middle of the road. Um, you never really lose the sense that it's like Hollywood trying to make a movie about the Middle East and right. about these like two like cool dudes like high fiving and taking selfies or whatever, mm, broing their way through yeah. war. Zones. Yeah, seriously, they're broing their way through a war zone, and so that's the fun that they're really amping up in this movie, and that's what they're selling. Um, and you know, like it it works for what they're intending to do, but I didn't walk away being like. Everybody, <laughs> whoa, no, see this movie. Though I did, uh, I saw it at the Vista 
uh, matinee. Got to get that cheap price, baby. And um, <laughs> and uh, I sat with my fiance Mike, and right before the movie, uh, yelled out, "War dogs!" Woof woof woof. <laughs> so I like to have fun. I like to have fun. Uh, I want everyone to know that. <laughs> so, Mass, big shout out to the Vista yeah. matinee crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keeping it strong. <laughs> it was the same weekend as Echo Park Rising, so uh, you know it wasn't full. It wasn't a full uh, experience of. Audience. So it wasn't a full screening it wasn't a full screening (laughs) whatever word i was trying to say yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right well let's uh all right chris you and i both saw kubo and the two strings i saw kubo 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 yes i saw first kubo and the two strings i saw it actually interestingly enough uh my daughter had no interest in seeing it uh my wife also had no interest in seeing it but my son was crazy excited to see it so so he's eight okay so griffin and i went to see the movie and let me just put a little background here for everybody um, I have sat through Pete's Dragon this summer. Uh-huh. I've sat through Secret Life of Pets. So, um, and I, I enjoyed Finding Dory, but this movie I absolutely loved. It yeah. was fantastic. Everything from the story to the characters to the technological achievements. Um, I thought, okay, well, it's kind of a Japanese story and there's some monsters and fighting, but it was full on like martial arts sequences in cool. stop motion animation. And it was like, unbelievable to watch because you're watching it and you're thinking you forget sometimes that you're watching stop motion animation because it's so smooth and seamless and then when you remember and you're watching an elaborate sequence you're like oh my god i don't even know how they shot that because i'm looking at the notes now and it's the boat sequence alone took 19 months to shoot it averaged 4.3 seconds of film per week for five years so this this movie was really amazing and it was a movie i I just I was so happy to see because it was dark. It was completely unforgiving and melancholy in a Mm -hmm. lot of parts. And what I love about it is that it's such a difference between a kid's film and a family film where it doesn't talk down to kids. It um, it treats I mean, it's the movie starts with, you know, the mother and the, the baby Kubo. They're in a storm and they wash up on an island and Kubo is um, narrating and he says, my grandfather took something from me and you see that he's missing an eye. And then it goes and that's the least of it. And then the story begins. Yeah. I'm going to see the shit out of this yeah. movie. It's, it's, so, it's so fantastic on that level because the one problem I had with it was in the middle when the his the monkey character comes to life and they meet this uh, samurai who's forgetful that's done by Matthew McConaughey. They like kind of argue too much. And I was almost like, too cute. Go back yeah. to the right. darkness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go back right. to the yeah. horrifying. He's got these yeah. scary um, ants that are just right. fucking horrible. They want his other eye. They want his other eye. Well, this studio, Leica or Leica, however you yeah. pronounce it, mm-hmm. they fucking go for oh, it. Yeah, man. they they're do. They're so good. It's and oh they're based God. in Portland. They're they're based in Portland. Oh, they're in I Portland. Knew that. Yeah. And uh, their first movie was Coraline, yes. which was fantastic, and based on a Neil Gaiman novel. Uh, so you yeah. know it's how dark it was. Yeah. And then uh, they did Paranorman, which I didn't love. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Box Trolls I just saw, which was really cool, oh, too. Oh, yeah, I heard Box Trolls was great. And uh, and this one was, but I think this um, this and Coraline are probably my favorite movies that they've oh. done. And, you know, they're a small studio. It's years between movies. Uh, I was reading that they're trying to, like, expand and get bigger and do more movies. But it's like it's stop motion. It takes forever. It's, it could be the Pixar of stop motion. <laughs> yeah. They, probably, they pretty much are. I wouldn't be surprised if studios are circling around after this movie and somebody's probably going to buy them. It was, oh, absolutely. The detail yeah. of it was so 
it was so engaging. I was like, wow, look at the the the, the features, mm-hmm. and you know, they kind of they're it's sort of jumpy a little bit, but that was sort of like made it all the more fantastic in my yes. opinion because I was like, oh, they're doing three D stop motion. This is this is this is awesome. You know, I've seen plenty of you know computer generated, and it's mm-hmm. cool, yes. and there's there's a lot of great, but that like this was. Because the detail that you get, especially like the hair would be blowing or something, yeah. or the facial expressions. Yeah, exactly. And it really helps then tell the story. Um, it's not just, um, it's not technology just for technology's sake. Mm-hmm. It really helps because this is sort of an ancient time. Yeah. So you feel like you're in an ancient time. You feel, you know, it would be like if if, if you did this live action, if the director used... It's like an old Japanese fable. Exactly. Right, mm-hmm. right. And the fact that, you know, it's like real objects being yes. used, mm-hmm. I'm sure is never lost on you as you're watching it, where it's like almost witnessing a live action film. Yeah. Almost witnessing, like, it mm-hmm. amps up, like, the truth of the story in, in yes. your mind as you're watching it. And it was really cool. And I, I Some I, cool Eastern philosophy whoa, in it right. and things about storytelling yeah. and just loss and family. And your there's some really cool stuff. And, yeah. yeah. And really cool and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, it was just, it was like, this was really... And nothing was sugar-coated, great. which was really cool. No. So <laughs> it's... Better than Sausage Party. <laughs> I just wanted, are we... Keeping, the poster for Kubo is better than everything involved with the final mm, product. Mm, interesting, party. interesting. <laughs> did, have you talked about Sausage, sausage no, Party? No, I haven't seen it yet. Bag of shit. I, I, I did. Oh, was that bad? How it bad was, was it? I was so offended um, that, like, I saw it with a group of people... Um, and they mostly work in animation, so I we were all kind of being like, let's support animated feature films. Mm-hmm. I was so offended by it that, like, my head was shaking the entire time. Um, my arms were crossed. I was, like, embarrassed for the movie, which is a hard <laughs> sentence to say. And then after the movie, I was praying that nobody asked me what I thought because I didn't want to bum anyone out. Oh, wow. <laughs> but then I think everybody was in the similar situation. Um, I, I left early. I had to run. And, uh, so you don't know how it I, ended. I just, no, 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 no. From, <laughs> from after the movie discussion. <laughs> They were still hanging out. Let me paint the picture. My friends were still hanging out, and I said, I got to go. And uh, then apparently afterward, uh, it was revealed that most everyone hated it and were too afraid to express that. Mm. But um, in talking about, like, the length of time that it takes to make an animated movie, um, I feel like with Sausage Party, they, knowing how long it takes, half wrote a script and then just rushed it through um, and and then worked on other things. And I feel like, I don't know, there's a lot of burnout that's happening with people um, of like Seth Rogen's celebrity stature and Kristen Wiig's celebrity stature, where you can kind of tell when you watch their projects that they're busy doing other projects while they're making those projects. Yes. And that the heart isn't as present and they're not as hungry as, you know, those earlier movies. And that's what it felt like with Sausage Party. It felt like we want to make a film that's very crass and makes a lot of really obvious jokes about food puns and end it in an orgy. And that's what they did. I just, I, when I saw that, I heard, I was just like, I was like, <laughs> wow. Oh God, how many, like, ooh, a pink taco? Like, are we just going to do that all goddamn day with this film? I know. And you know what? I, so I was I'd sitting like in the theater. I'd like to put my bun in here. Exactly. Your I was thing. sitting in the theater, and I, and within 10 minutes, I was like, I hate this so much. Why do I hate this so much? And then it dawned on me 
Julia, you hated the premise of this. Did you think it would change? Yeah. <laughs> but it got a good review on Rotten Tomatoes, and I guess I'm just so loyal to those percentages. Don't be. <laughs> yes, I'm. I know. Uh, um, yeah, we, in fact, we Rotten have Tomatoes a. Is, I was talking about this. I was we, on. We have a decent review on the site. Yeah. Rick Myers didn't hate it. Wow. <laughs> All right, Rick. Very nice. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, 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 yeah, I, I would. I was on a podcast. I was on. Um, uh, the Death Squad Ice House Chronicles show Friday and a bunch of people had seen it and just their description of it made me hate it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Were they praising it as they were no, describing it? they were not. And yeah. the controversy surrounding the animators aside. Like, have you heard about that? No. No, I haven't so heard So apparently, that. so it was a Canadian studio that made this, uh, made Sausage Party and apparently there was uh, a lot of controversy around uh, disputes of animators working overtime and not being paid overtime um, and some sort of... Uh, you know, word from the higher ups saying, hey, if you complain about working overtime, uh, then you're out of here and your name is not going to be on the film, which is what happened to a number of animators. Oh, so wow. that's been that's been the wow. news. Boy, runaway production is great. Animator yeah. <laughs> um, But one last thing about Sausage Party, not only did they make uh, really cheap jokes about like, um, you know, sex stuff with like, I'll put my wiener in your hot dog bun, blah, blah, blah. But there's a lot of racist shit in it. And, you know, I think they tried to make a stance that, uh, you know, South Park makes of like, well, we just make fun of every race and everyone's equal. But they do it in such a smart way. And with this, I just, I, I was rolling my eyes immediately at Selma Hayek's taco character and all the stupid obvious jokes that come with that and like how she's it just a lesbian so yeah. lazy it seemed you know, like we, they we were s- sitting around smoking weed and so yeah like, we should do this and then that was the amount of effort we, that s- went into we it. said right. it before is like you don't have to make every movie studio seth rogan wants to make you know, <laughs> know. You, you don't have to make all of them i do i will <laughs> say uh i think that it's cool that he wanted to do a project like this that he wanted to make uh an r-rated animated film and i think that that's you know really cool and innovative there are some funny jokes in it um the whole there's a story. I mean, I'll just ruin it. Whatever. Um, there's like a, All right. spoiler, a, spoiler alert spoiler for sausage party. For sausage party. Um, the only people that can see the um, uh, food coming to life is um, people that are on bath salts. So if you're on bath salts, you can see, you can communicate. That with That makes food. perfect sense. Yeah, and then there's also a Stephen Hawking character that is um, a chewed up piece of gum in a wheelchair. That's very funny. But otherwise, wow. okay. All right. <laughs> well, guys, Sorry so, for that tangent, uh, yeah. you heard it here first. Yeah. Go see Kubo yeah, in the exactly. <laughs> now, a, a couple other things I wanted to say about Kubo. One of them was when I went in. Uh, we went like Sunday morning. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. father and son. We went in and got our 3D glasses. We saw it in 3D too because I really wanted to see like the yeah. texture and the the uh, distance. It, and stuff. I, it I saw it in cool. 2D and I feel like I should have seen it in 3D. It was cool. There wasn't a lot of stuff coming out at you, but you could see like the depth and yeah. you know, which was really cool. And you could see like the textures. I think a little bit more. But what was funny is uh, the guy gives me the 3D glasses and he goes, "Well, they're still wet from us cleaning. We ought to wipe them." I said, "What do you mean they're st- they're still wet?" He goes, "Well." We didn't expect so many adults coming here without children to see this movie, <laughs> so we didn't clean as much oh, wow. 3D glasses because it was a lot of animation nerds and people that just really wanted to see the movie uh, without kids. So there were, weren't that many kids in the theater on a Sunday afternoon to see this that movie. That makes sense for L.A. Yeah. I thought he was going to go, they were crying so yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing I wanted to mention, I saw this online. If you're in Los Angeles or in the Los Angeles area, if you go to Universal Studios right now, they have a whole uh, uh, Leica Studios display where you yes. could actually go see oh, 
Universal. It's up at Universal Studios. Oh, yeah. Man. And you go, you see everything from Coraline, and it ends with all the stuff from Kubo. And I didn't know this. The skeleton in Kubo is like 16 feet high. Ah! It's a real giant God, puppet. So and they have it in the um, oh. in the display. Well, they yeah. kind of, so cool. th- this, is, this isn't a spoiler, but during the credits of Kubo, they show a little bit of how they shot that big skeleton scene. And the, mm-hmm. the, the, the real skeleton in the green screen room, it's like, it's so fantastic. Yeah. It's, Gosh, I'll run. I'm going to run. Yeah. And really, here. honestly, tr- this is a like, see it on the big screen. Yeah. yeah. Don't wait for it to come yeah, out yeah. on DVD or whatever. And, like, VOD, like, you know, see it. And support really cool uh, family entertainment and yeah. really cool animation. This is the type of movie support with your dollar. You, yeah. you have to because it's it's not you know Pixar, it's not Disney, it's you know it's focus features it's not and Seth Rogen. and it's not, <laughs> it actually yeah. has been uh, a good year for, for granted animated it, films. I would say yeah, yeah yeah granted it is underwritten by uh, um, Phil Knight who runs Nike but still <laughs> does he have any money it's, uh, <laughs> um, in fact Nike it was the um, in Portland not based in Portland but yeah. they have a big hub in Portland yeah well his son uh, this was his directorial debut he runs Ooh. the company uh, Travis Knight and you know a lot of times you know nepotism but nope I'm on board this was well, brilliant I mean yeah. sure too, like, he's been running this company that's yeah. done all these cool exactly uh, stop motion animation films so the, the, he should direct he exactly should yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely and it was so it's to support this movie it's fantastic uh, it's really really good and it's like I said even and if you've seen with your kids um, Secret Life of Pets and Pete's Dragon this is like the perfect movie to see after that oh really you are going to have to watch the trailer for that um Singing animal movie that's coming out. Christmas. Oh, oh um, cleverly called Sing. Yeah. That oh, movie. I did see that trailer. Yeah, mm-hmm. that looks like I watched it and went. It looks like a thing. Uh, I was like, looks like a thing. Why do we have to be animated animals? Just make this a small town, make it live action. That yeah. I would want to see versus the like. Isn't it funny that this hedgehog is singing a Kanye yeah. song? No, it's not funny. Mm. It's dumb. <laughs> But kids Ye- at uh, day camps and nurseries won't think it's right. dumb. If five-year-olds like it, fine. Don't worry. And DVD rewatchability. Yeah, yes, you'll be bombarded with trailers from now until it's out. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. It's, uh, they'll shove it down your throat. <laughs> So, all right, we have a, a sponsor, touchofmodern.com Touch modern. this week. Hello. Oh, and I want to mention this, touchofmodern.com. I got my uh, beach little uh, shade slash tent. And it's amazing. It fits in this tiny little bag. And we went and used it. And at first, you're like, well, this is too freaking complicated to put together. Like, because, you know, it's got all these weird, like, uh, poles and stuff. But then once you do it once, you're like, oh, this is easy. Yeah. You know, it's just mm-hmm. you put it out and then it's done and then you, you pack it back up. It's fantastic. And I only would have yeah. found it on touchofmodern.com. Uh, yeah, they've got cool stuff. There's a premium folding bike lock, uh, which. Uh, I get that because sometimes if you, I do a lot of bike commuting, so I have a U lock and blah mm-hmm. blah blah, and sometimes it gets a little clunky. Now, what's the difference between the U lock and this lock, Graham? Well, the U lock, Chris, is exactly what it sounds like. It's a U. Mm-hmm. This though, it's for you. It's for you, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's the people's lock. Yes. <laughs> um, this is just a folding bike lock, meaning you can. Um, it becomes far more compact. The U lock, a lot of locks, the big chain ones, they're they're safe i mean they protect Mm. your bike but they're big and clunky and you know what do you do with them when you're not whatever when you don't you need it or whatever this thing looks like you can fold it up and you could lock up a prisoner or something like that (laughs) on the bike on the bike whatever you want to do uh there's a picture of somebody skydiving is that (laughs) that's an underwater diving toy they've got called knot board this i love underwater diving toy yeah 
Yeah, but uh, <laughs> there's all kind of watches. There's weird, you know, weed smoking, vapo, whatever, <laughs> bong looking things. Of course, there's survival knives. Survive another survival knife. There's a stake stone. Ooh. So if you're big. What? Yeah. By the way, what? <laughs> What's can't. a steak stone? It's a giant stone that cooks your steak perfectly. Like you heat up the steak stone and then put the steak on it. I don't know. I don't eat murder. Yeah. So it's not for me. But they have uh, UV shoe sanitizers. This place has everything you mm-hmm. want. So uh, I feel like with like whiskey stones and now a steak stone that they're just pranking us. Yeah. <laughs> Pinterest is pranking us. These are not real things. <laughs> it could very much. Yeah, be well, that. but you know what? They look nice, don't they? Yeah. They've got a portable shower, a rinse kit. Now I've seen these. I've seen many surfers use these. Mm. If you're out there camping and you need some shir- surfing, I don't know. You had me at steak stone. All right. <laughs> Here's the other <laughs> we thing going on right now. Uh, four days left. Today is uh, Tuesday, the the twenty third. Twenty third. So you have until the twenty seventh. There's an additional 15% promotional discount on any purchase you make. And, of course, if you refer a friend and they buy something, you get $20. It's free to sign up. There's no credit. Just, there's no membership fee. Nope, nothing like that. Touchamodern.com. Touchamodern.com. And the other thing is, remember, if you like something, you get it right away because tomorrow it may be different. Yep. Ooh. Because they, it's kind of like that exclusive club kind of thing. Well, you like a, it now, but we rotate the products uh, almost every day. Backpack with a solar panel on it. I was mm-hmm. thinking about getting, and I waited, and it's gone. Yeah, I'm sorry, my life. I know yeah. solar powered backpack, guys. So okay, so <laughs> <laughs> trailers. Uh, so two trailers. The arrival. This is the Amy Adams, um, or just is it the arrival? Or just no, it's just arrival. arrival. Mm-hmm. This looks. Arrival. We all watched it. Yeah, it looks really yeah. good. I'm I'm in. Mm-hmm. Me too. Amy Adams is Lois Lane, who uh, uh, kind of she communicates with the aliens when everyone's like, "No, that's that's not what you do," and like, uh, and then she she takes the reins of the <laughs> of the military and the diplomats, and this is how I'm going to contact okay. the aliens, yeah. which is really cool. And it's from the same guy who did Prisoners Sicario. and Sicario, yeah, Dennis, both great the, movies. I mean, Vienna view, Vienna but what I (laughs) but yeah Sicario is still like it's really well shot it's one of the most underrated films that came out uh, in 2015 yeah it might have been I had a problem with the structure of the movie but I thought it was shot well and acted well I felt like it was the first act of a movie yeah, I felt like, well, what happens next? I actually, I to me, I mm-hmm. li- I, I kind of like that this, mm-hmm. the, uh, aspect of Sicario because it was very much saying it was all set up. This was, is what's well, going on. It's it's basically just going, hey, drug problem, right. not easy mm-hmm. fixing. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and I think that that added to the tension yeah. of mm-hmm. like you know that it didn't have that traditional three act structure of right. like, and now the denouement. We like, got the bad no, guy. The drug problem's no. over. No, yeah. like, like, <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to see. I wanted, yeah. I wanted to see the drug problem be over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the end of that. Like, yeah, bitch, you can go into your apartment and like never relax. Like, yeah. there's always some shit. Oh, the guy you think is your friend, you know, it's right. just like, so. I thought it was great. So I uh, definitely enjoyed the Arrival trailer. I'm looking forward to the film. What I like about it, too, is it almost takes like a Carl Sagan approach of like how would aliens 
initiate first contact right. here? And what would they do and how would we communicate with them? And it kind of has those that kind of feel to it, like if, um, like contact, if you remember yeah. that movie, it was like, all right, well, they gave us all this information, um, via math, which is a universal language, which like, like it felt like it had like touches like that. Like, well, if this really was going to happen, here's some, the way it might. I like to, mm-hmm. we see a little bit in the trailer, what the aliens kind of, we don't see them full, what they right. look like, but it's not this depiction that we've seen sort no. of the independence day bug aliens the movie type thing coming down that wants to shoot us or whatever Mm -hmm. we're seeing something that's like yeah completely different even like the abyss yeah yeah right made Mm -hmm. me think about it a little bit yeah i i think that that's probably if if it's gonna happen it's probably gonna be more realistic in that way than like you know some like bald scold alien being like what's up yeah yeah <laughs> and it also shows like it, it, it the trailer has shows a glimpse into how this world yeah how there's going to be a, people are going to lose their shit yeah right. across and, the entire planet. and some people are going to some governments are going to overreact and say yep. you know like mm-hmm. it, some people are going to go oh there's going to be everyone like the pretense of our mortality and this planet and being floating through the galaxy, any of that, that's gone. Any like, well, I'll deal with that later or death is this sort of thing. I don't. Religion is tested. (laughs) Science. (laughs) Science. Everything. Like everything that you thought you knew from whatever background you came from, guess what? Yeah. Yeah. And it's all filtering through their own, like the, cultural beliefs mm-hmm. of all these different countries and yeah in the trailer it looks ugh, it's i'm so pumped good. it's in november i bet you it's gonna get it it looks like it's this it might be like an oscar push while oh. they're releasing in november which i'm fired up for I, we should yeah. do this trailer for uh, the live show and get will wheaton's reaction yes yeah. <laughs> all right we'll do that we'll so do that. okay uh bad santa 2 is the next one i this trailer did make me laugh i liked the first one um i I like Billy Bob Thornton in this role because you look at him and you think, you know what? He really could be that much of a an asshole. I, I really, I, I kind of like see. That normally. Yeah, I think, I think I'm Billy like Bob this. Thornton is I, that off the this reservation? This is really believable to me the way yeah. he's acting, and uh, it's it looks really funny. It made me laugh, so I'm looking forward to this one. My reaction to this trailer, I would like to quote uh, an anecdote from Bill Hader when he was on Saturday Night Live, and he was uh, portraying Vincent Price in a sketch, and Lorne Michaels approached him and said, Bill, why now? That's my thought on Bad Santa <laughs> Why now? <laughs> I get that we are checking in with the kid, and he's all grown up, yeah. and that's fun, but I'm just, I'm, I, I'm not folding my arms and going, no, no, no. I'm just curious. Why now? It's got to be in the studio notes somewhere. The, yeah, the PR notes. <laughs> I think this movie is going to test everybody's beliefs. <laughs> this is going to be the one. <laughs> we are taking back Christmas. <laughs> We've had enough of this bullshit. So there's two. There's yeah. this one and the other Christmas party one that we talked yeah. about. Yes. Oh, I would love it if Kirk Cameron had a cameo in this movie. <sighs> That would be great. It'd be worth the million dollars to put him in a movie. So the Christmas party trailer, just one quick thought on it. So there's this weird trend happening right now with um, films like Neighbors and with this Christmas party trailer where they're showing this one gag that is um, that that I feel like a lot of people think is really funny enough to put in all of these trailers, but 
it, I, it loses it for me. Kevin when, James falling over. Well, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, no, but it, so in, in neighbors, it was the um, airbag gag where right. Seth Rogen was just pushed through the ceiling yes. like a cartoon character. And you see a similar thing in this trailer for the office party that, you know, I forget which character like just slams Jumps, down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's very obviously special effects. Yeah. And everybody reacts like, oh, that's going to leave a mark. I don't understand why we're going to this well. And it also looks really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like. Slapstick sells. But but I, I would like more practical slapstick. I feel like when it's like a, a human being bouncing, it's just like, it's so unbelievable. I, I would like, like to it. see someone do that in a comedy movie and then go, oh, zoinks. Oh, he's dead because exactly. no human body could survive, could survive that. That's the kind of comedy I like. I like to get a dose of realism into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll call that, oh, he's dead comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you've got a glimpse into the kind of specs I write. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, coming out on DVD. Uh, the Huntsman, Winter's War. Oh. I would have loved to have seen this pitch. Um, like, well, it's for people who liked Frozen but wanted to see it live action and dumber. <laughs> Mike, is this what Julia said? Why, Why not? Why yeah. are we making more Huntsman movies? I know. You know, and like, well, we got some money left in the effects budget. We have enough probably to make another movie. It's, you know, we'll just you know, do a search and replace on the script and we'll just yeah. do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those who. Were... We have all these assets already in the computer. That makes why, a lot why, of sense. why are they going to go to waste? That, that's a really solid sell. <laughs> I'm, I'm an executive at a, a big studio and I'm telling you yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a total numbers movie. And also, um, specifically for people that weren't paying attention to any tabloid uh, during the time of like the first release with the Kristen Stewart scandal, I feel. Right. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> eh, let's just make another movie to push the media cycle out. Right. <laughs> Guys can associate this beloved franchise with um, an adulterer. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, it looks like it worked. Oh, oh, yeah. No one's talking about Buckle that. up. She went after yeah. a married man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Nice Guys. And did you end up seeing this movie? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, that's right. I remember you talking about it. Did you, you were, not like it? You were l- I did like it. You, oh, okay. But you weren't overly thrilled. It w- there were some scenes in it. I remember going, there was some really cool stuff in it, and then there was some stuff that I just got annoying. Mm. Um, but, like, it is worth a, like, DVD, watch online type movie, mm. sort of have on in the background. There are some interesting... I mean, there's are two actors I like. Yeah. Um, but it's not like, that was awesome. Like, right. this, this is their, you know... Whatever. This is their, I can't even think of it. Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Was it Shane Black who directed it? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> it was somebody. It was. Yeah, <laughs> it was some guy. Some yeah, guy so who does action well, movies. And Ryan Gosling. And it, yeah, Shane Black didn't yeah. direct it. Boom! Yeah, you got it. You nailed it. Um, I had a great, I Shane Black did. I had a great experience watching this movie. I saw it at the Cinerama Dome. Oh. So it was very nice. And, uh, you know, sometimes that could amp up your movie experience from being, mm-hmm. you know, pretty all right to like pretty good. So who's to say? I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff in it. Sounds like, like it's a good DVD plane movie. I think so. It's a great DVD oh, plane movie. Yeah. Oh my God, we'll a get you fantastic. through a flight. Oh my God. Oh, save it for New York. Save it for LAX for JFK, baby. That is a good, do that and then do Huntsman Winter's War and that's five hours right there. Yeah, yeah. you'll probably sleep through the back half of Huntsman. Oh, you'll yeah, you'll be fine. Start you'll, with the nice you'll, guys. You'll land refreshed. Yeah, you'll yeah. wake up and you're in New York. Yeah. Have fun in the Big Apple, um, guys. Yeah. <laughs> now, Ratchet and Clank, this is the movie, if you're familiar with the game, 
game. I think that's the only people that went to see this movie. Um, my kids are interested. I will definitely be renting this because we. It was only out in the movie theater for a weekend. I think um, it was a very. <laughs> it was I, I a was very so disappointed. This wasn't a buddy cop movie. <laughs> <laughs> Ratchet Clank. It, it kind of is in a way because it's Ratchet. He's the Lombax with the long ears, and Clank is the uh, the little robot strapped to his back, and they oh. they have that buddy cop um, banter. They like in the game, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a kid's movie. But what I always liked about it, the game has this sense of humor to it. All the guns are completely overpowered. Stuff blows up all the time. It, it was almost like a, like a RoboCop sensibility for kids, the way like everything's overly violent and ridiculous. Uh-huh. So, uh, but yeah, and it looks like the movie is just the game, like a cutscene from the game, just the entire thing. So it uh, looks like another, uh, this is a very specific uh, audience. It's a, it's a good movie to see on DVD if you have children and they've played the game. So, <laughs> so there, if you fit all those uh, marks, yeah. Four people yeah, listening yes. to this <laughs> fall into that category. <laughs> they, you will enjoy it, I'm sure. So, uh, but we'll be checking it out. Now on the site spotlight and fan feedback, uh, more weekly film news, check it out. Rick Meyer's review of Sausage Party. If you want a differing opinion, on the movie where he gets into um, possible some reli- he, religious he aspect it? to it. Uh, he liked it. And what's interesting is Rick is actually usually very critical. Uh-huh. Uh, but he said he liked animation and he kind of liked it. He liked what they did with it. So um, I was surprised sure. there were a lot of positive responses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, a differing opinion is on the site. And uh, also I was saying too, we've gotten some really cool um, feedback on some uh, on some of the other episodes and occasionally posting on the Facebook site, there's images from my graphic novel long ago and far away. The artist has been putting some stuff into Instagram and then we've been reposting. It's been coming along fantastically. Uh, if you want to check that out and also like we say, check out the Facebook and Twitter feeds, uh, like them, subscribe to them because that all those numbers helps for sure. And it's a free thing you can do to help the show. Yeah, and uh, just some reading some of your responses. So we yeah, posted this night, a little nighttime reading with the kids. There's some like kids animated Han shooting first thing. Uh, oh, a little golden book. Yeah, Lord Corret sent that over, <laughs> which is which is really cool. And then uh, Brad Mills posts, "This has always bothered me. Han didn't shoot first. Han shot only. And only is in all caps." So Brad, thank you so much for your nerd rage. I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, thank you guys for, we, we, you guys are really, we love the responses, especially like on the Facebook pages to all this stuff. It's really cool. Um, all right. What's coming out? Uh, don't breathe. This is a horror film, although it's been getting positive buzz. People are saying this one's, uh, this one's pretty scary and pretty good. So I don't know too much about it right now. I think it's about a heist gone wrong. Uh, in a uh, in a old person's house that uh, they you know some Ooh. young people went to go rob it and didn't work out so Uh-oh. well. Well, here's what here's a group of friends break into the house of a wealthy blind man thinking they'll get away with the perfect heist. They're wrong. Oh boy, <laughs> sounds like blind guys a little saw ish. Yes. <laughs> Uh, mechanic resurrection. Uh, Jason Statham coming back to the franchise. Does he again the mechanic franchise? Yeah. It's, that that's different than the transporter. Yeah, these are two. Um, di- what? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you that is kidding a, me? That is a trick question. It's like, <laughs> oh, is, it, is it part of the same universe? No, yeah, but it is 
sort of creatively. That's crazy to me. That is cr- I'm My yeah. mind is so blown yeah, right it's now. Like, yeah, it's like there's a Ratchet and Clank movie, and then there's a Clank and Ratchet movie right. coming out. Like, there's no goddamn difference <laughs> oh in either God. one of these things. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw this trailer. One as a car. Yeah. That's this, it. This trailer played before Sausage Party. And <laughs> shout well, out. Same audience. Shout out to Sausage Party. Um, at the Burbank AMC. Go see it. And um, uh, I was so confused because I not recalled hearing about the first mechanic movie. And then I, yeah, was wondering if it was a part of the transporter and also as an actor to just be like, I'm just going to play literally the same character in over everything over. I do. Though right. when he made fun of that in spy, it was fantastic. Right. Yeah. Flexible sports suits that I can kick people in. Right. Yes. <laughs> That should be the title. Um, <laughs> I want to see that on a poster in yep. a smart font. I like, too, how it's like mechanic colon resurrection. Like it's a very dramatic <laughs> title. It's like, like, no, we're taking this very seriously. I love that yes. trend in sequel titles, <laughs> yeah. though. Rise of the Machines. Right. You know, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> Son Resurgence. Of. Son yeah. of. Son of. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. <laughs> but resurrect. Mechanic beneath yeah. the resurrection. Right. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like the colon is like a, a more modern invention of sequel naming. I feel like Son of was more 50s, right. 60s. But this is like part blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this is for real. <laughs> um, and the next movie is Greater. This is the story of Brandon uh, Burlesworth, possibly the greatest walk-on in the history of college football. Uh, and the next one is Sea of Trees. And this is... Wait a minute now. Oh, I'm go ahead. Go see Greater. Okay, go ahead. It's a football movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's I'm why sure. I'm going to see Sully. There's nothing wrong Tom with Hanks that movie. Yeah, <laughs> got to support my boy. I'm going to see this because I'm sure it will have every beat that every football movie has ever had, and that's what you want. And I'm going to love it. That's what you want. Excellent. And I love that they're releasing it right before now. Do the you know what, <laughs> what? What made it the greatest walk-on? Uh, you know, he basically he's this kid that. Um, like better than Rudy's walk-on. That's just, I'm, I'm asking. What <laughs> is a walk-on? Great question, Julie. Um, I'm not asking for me. I'm asking for the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so thinking, in Division One athletic, and especially in uh, in football, they're given a certain amount of scholarships. I don't know what the, but let's say there's, there's it's a 50, let's say it's a 50 guy team and there's a certain number of our scholarship athletes. Mm-hmm. Walk-on is somebody who just came and tried out. Okay. So, for you to try out and make it, uh, m- most like I knew I played high school football, so I knew guys that that walked on, and you're you're dog food. I mean, you're just like a drum, you're a blocking dummy. They just use you, they just walk all over you. That's what the movie Rudy shows. That's who Rudy was, and he never played, never got in a game. He got in the last play of the last game of his senior year. That's the whole story. Spoiler alert, Rudy. Uh, <laughs> So that's why. And he was small. And he was small. <laughs> and so, there, people stood and clapped for him, I right. think. Well, they slow clapped. They slow Come clapped. Come on, you got sports. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> anyway, continue. Just like Lucas. <laughs> um, so what makes him the greatest, I'm sure people will go online and argue this point, is he walked on, became a starter at a Division One school, and then was drafted. He was like a first-round draft pick in the NFL. Mm. That never happens. That's the point why it's like you can walk on. Usually the guys that walk on... They get a job in the special teams because they're they're really fast, but they're not big enough or whatever. So he was a he. Uh, his story was he had some crazy growth spurt between like junior and senior year in high school. So he wasn't that you know he wasn't the big biggest eighth grader football player. He was just sort of an okay and then explode became a giant six five guy or whatever however big he is and that's why it's it's a 
it's a big story. Gotcha. Okay. Because I'm going to be the only one. Because of growth. Because of growth. Got it. Okay. You and one other dad. <laughs> that was my takeaway from that. He grew, so we got to walk on the field. Uh, <laughs> that's how sports work. Yeah, that's how it is. If I would have grown more, I would have uh, had a. You would have been president. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty dumb. (laughs) The the Sea of Trees. Now, this is a baffling movie to me. It's like, how many Japanese suicide forest movies are we going to have? Right, and just recently there's been quite a number. uh, And this one has Matthew McConaughey in it. A pair Uh, of glasses. Yes. A suicidal American befriends a Japanese man lost in a forest near Mount Fuji, and the two search for a way out. Gus Van Sant. I think this movie got delayed in its release. It had to have been because I remember I hearing about the, this we before. We talked about this movie like a year ago, right? And then it something happened and and it got lost in the trees, it'd be right? Funny if, it'd be funny if all of the suicide. The movie forest, tried to kill itself. Yeah, that'd be funny though if all the suicide forest tree um, movies were delayed and it's just the same movie that we're talking about over and over, over and over again. Like yeah. A lot. I think the one had uh, the girl from Game of Thrones in it, though, the first one. Um, uh, Natalie Dormer, I believe. Sure. Uh, but that was, I think that came out earlier this year or last year. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But uh, just it's just weird that there's more than one within a year. I, and actually, I wonder if that's the reason this one got delayed. And we're like, well, we can't release two Suicide Forest movies right. within, you know, well, if it's six months of each other. Gus Van Sant, then that sounds like a pretty good Naomi Watts. Up. I think it's, it's interesting. Naomi Watts only does good shit. I know. She doesn't. Like, she's a very discerning eye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think she's someone, um, this is total speculation on my point, but just from what I gather from the work she chooses in the interviews, is that she's like, yeah, I get paid great money. Um, I don't need the crazy stardom. I don't need the like TMZ hiding in my yeah. trash can stardom. Yeah. So I'm going to just. Which, keep- by the way, no one needs. Nobody yeah. needs. <laughs> so I'm going to just take these cool little things. Mm hmm. And enjoy my life, you know, which is what I would do if I was in that spot. So, Mm -hmm. all right. So go see a tree of love. Or Sea of Trees, or whatever it is. The Tree of Life. Go yes. see the Tree of Life. Knock out four hours. So, so the Sea of Trees. All right. Any other announcements we have? Actually, um, oh, yeah. There's one thing I wanted to mention. I don't know if we mentioned it before. We have some new items in the store. Oh. We have the uh, Radio Free um, GOP shirts. We have all the Crab Feast shirts are now in, although we'll be restocking. We're missing a couple of uh, sizes, uh, but because we, we're taking over the merchandise, we'll be restocking them soon. But we just might have your size in stock because there's like four different designs, too. Yeah, we just the Crab yeah. Feast shirts just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, check all that out. So, Julia, where can people find you on the internet, your podcast... What's going down? Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> um, you can find me at Julia Prescott on, on pretty much all the things, Twitter, Instagram. But where's uh, the Prescott hub? The Prescott hub. Uh, I mean, I'm julieprescott.com. Oh, nah, there we go. If you a website that hasn't been updated in a little while. Uh, <laughs> and, but, and, and my face. Um, so that's always there. And uh, yeah, you can follow um, my podcast at Simpsons Pod on Twitter, um, where we post episodes, but also so many screen caps. So many <laughs> oh, references. Nice. We have fun. Uh, and we are also on Facebook. Just search for Everything's Coming Up podcast. And see them live at the Los Angeles Podcast Festival, yes. September 23rd through the 25th. Uh, hard tickets are and the live pay-per-view are at LAPodfest.com. If you buy the pay-per-view, uh, save yourself $5 by using coupon code EVERYTHING. Um, and uh, come see them. It's a cool. It's a cool podcast. One of the things we love doing at the festival every year, we have our like 
you know, we like to keep our other core groups of shows we get and we always, but we're always trying to find new shows. We're always trying to find something that's different. And, um, uh, you reached out to me and I was like, this is a great, I Aww, love this show. This is, so this is awesome. It's so, it's different. It's what everything that's great about podcasting. Mm-hmm. It's, you just went, I love the Simpsons. Let's talk about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so let's do yeah. this. <laughs> you know, there's, we don't need, there's no barrier. There's nobody going to tell us no. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know? We received, I, I feel like I say this, Way too often, but I love it. It's the best uh, review that we've received on our podcast. Somebody wrote in and said, sometimes I can hear Julia and Allie wearing glasses. (laughs) 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 And I don't. Uh, We're still not 100% on what that means, uh, but we're like, shine on, sway on, sister. (laughs) Take take it as the compliment it's meant for. Oh, yeah. We we were just like, thanks for listening. Thanks for noticing. So see the glasses in person at LA Podcast. You c- wa- and yeah, you could hear them and see them. Ooh. Yeah. Or watch them on the live stream if yep. you can't come to LA. <laughs> Absolutely. These girls both have glasses. Yes. <laughs> we are both Lisa Simpson, Velma, Scooby Doo motherfuckers. Let, let them prove it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, the words I've been wanting to hear my whole yeah. life. <laughs> God damn this town. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks, guys. So, uh,. Yeah, like Chris said, follow us, uh, all the social media. Positive reviews on iTunes, guys. Those always help. If you haven't done that, a five-star review helps our rankings in there, algorithm, and liking us on all the social media helps. And then, of course, as we've said, spend $20 with us once a year, and that keeps us afloat. And if you haven't yet, then buy the live stream. That helps. Um, So that's our program. Anything else? Uh, no, that's it. And our uh, coupon code is uh, CFN. CFN. And uh, we have, there There are obviously tickets left, but they are going fast. So if you're coming down, get your tickets now. Do it. Um, all right. Oh, actually, no, we, I'll say we added um, Kevin Pollack and Craig Fitzsimmons. Uh, Greg Fitzsimmons. Yeah, Cra- Kevin Pollack and Greg Fitzsimmons have been added to the festival, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Kevin Pollack, who's in War Dogs. Oh. oh. And you know what? He's the best part in it. Of course he is. (laughs) He's so good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we're excited to add those guys. We just added them to the festival. um, And we're going to be announcing the uh, stand-up comedy lineup. um, That'll be the Saturday night. Uh, I think we might slide in an earbud screening. That's... uh, Oh, really? That might happen. Okay. All right. Well, uh, keep me posted. (laughs) (laughs) You said that so seriously. As if you... (laughs) You were discussing Citizen Kane. <laughs> We've been talking about it. Yeah. Um, we'll let you know about that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you guys for listening to episode 334. Thank you, Julia Prescott. Thank you. For coming on a Tuesday. <laughs> and talk, I love it. And being on our program. It's like I'm talking to my Nana. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my name's Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first. No, he shot only. Prescott. <laughs>